Welcome to The Way Church Service with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 514 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Welcome, everybody, to the Way Church Service. I want to thank everyone for coming out tonight to get a portion of God's Word. Amen? First and foremost, I'd like to thank the most important person, our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Amen? Thank you, Jesus, for making all this possible for us by becoming the final sacrifice unto our sins. Amen? And shedding His blood on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins and becoming the final sacrifice. So we can have a new life, eternal life spiritual life, and a new purpose here on planet Earth for all those who believe in the one and only Son of God. Amen? Amen. And a new purpose. We gather here to learn about our Creator and find our purpose here and use it to glorify God and to serve our Lord and Savior and one another. Our goal, this ministry has a specific goal, and that's to grow spiritually. Amen? And start to handle life God's way. Not our way. God's word, which is the Bible, becomes the owner's manual to our lives. And we use it to see how God wants us to what? Act, live, think, serve, and how to treat others. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Each part of his body is very precious to God. I want to personally welcome each and every one of you to the way. We depend on God's grace, not our own power, to accomplish his will for our lives. And if you have a cell phone, can you please silence it so it doesn't disturb tonight's service? And we'll start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Abba, we're just so grateful that you entered into our lives, Lord, and opened our eyes, Lord, to a new life, spiritual life, and a relationship with you, Lord, that can never be taken away because of our sins. Because what our Lord and Savior did for us at the cross, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for getting us all here safely, Lord. Thank you for each other, Lord. Let us worship and build up and honor each other, Lord, as we worship you, Lord. Thank you for your unconditional love, Lord. Help us, Lord, to love ourselves that way. So in turn, we can love others, Lord, and accomplish your will in our lives, Lord. Help us, Lord, to become beacons of light, Lord, and represent you properly in this world so we can bring others into your kingdom, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for giving us that opportunity. May we always become humble and teachable like clay in your hands, Lord, so you can make us like your Son, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Lord, so people can see Jesus in us, Lord, and through us. Let us honor each other. We thank you for the church you've given us, Lord. Never let us take for granted the things you do in our lives, Lord, to change us. We're just so grateful for that, Lord. And let everything we do tonight, as always, Lord, be led by your spirit and not our flesh. And it's in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to stand and worship the Lord. The girls are going to come up and sing.
Great job, girls. That was awesome. Good job. How's everybody doing tonight, okay? Better now, huh? Boy, I'll tell you, I'm just, I always look forward to coming to church now. Years ago, I used to dread it. Now I love it. Now that I understand God and his true character, amen, and how much he loves us unconditionally, that he's never going to leave us, that we don't have to practice religion to get closer to him. All we have to do is trust him, amen? Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Amen, right? All right, we're going to we're going to continue in our service on God's character. We didn't get through it last week. Maybe we will this week. We'll see how it goes, right? Let the spirit uh, lead us through that. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 10 over there first, though. So if you have your Bible, which you should, get to Hebrews chapter 10. All right, the Holy Spirit is going to take over now, so please be attentive to God's Word and be courteous to your brothers and sisters not to cause any distractions because that's what the devil loves to do. Amen? Amen. Cause distractions so we don't get the message he's trying to say to the church tonight. Okay. Hebrews chapter 10, she's got verse uh, 19, but that's just not going to happen. <laughs> but there's no room on the blackboard, so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to improvise. Hebrews chapter ten is an awesome chapter. You really want to understand God's character. It just ties right into what we're gonna be talking about, as always. Um, go to verse fifteen. All right. Hebrews chapter ten. Verse 15. And the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. For he says, this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. Amen. That's an awesome statement right there. God is not holding our sins against us. He says, their sins and iniquities I remember no more. Now, the problem is, we got to remember that. That when we fail in sin, not to remember that and not to hold other people's sins against them. Amen. That's the process we have to go through here. Now, look what else it says. And when, verse 18, and when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. So we don't need to get, we, there's no more penance. We don't have to offer sacrifice to God because we failed. Amen? We don't think, we don't have to go and start serving the church and doing all these things for God because we failed to try to like make up for it. And that's what religion teaches us. Well, you know, if you did bad, now you're going to do good to make up for it. You can't make up for it, okay? Thank God we don't have to do it that way. The reason why we do good is because we are saved. Not to get saved or to stay saved. Amen? It's a change of heart. Like he says, I put it in their minds and on their hearts I will write it. 
Look at this in verse 19 now. A call to persevere. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place. Why? Because we were good today? No, that's not why we can boldly enter that place. Because of the blood of Jesus. That's what it is. By his death, you can get a good understanding of this. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way. See, sin produces death. Jesus forgave all our sins so we can have life again. Amen? That's what born again is. We have a new life now in Christ. Unfortunately, the old life likes to come back and haunt us. It always wants to jump back on us and bring us back into what? Death. And a lot of times we try to bring the old stuff into the new stuff and thinking, well, well, I'm going to live this way, then come to church, and that's going to take care of it. It's not true. You always harvest what you plant. Amen? Now look what it says. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. Now, what's the curtain into the most holy place? Wow, well, people in this ministry should know what that is. Because we provide the Bible from A to Z, right? From Genesis to Revelation, right? The curtain was the place that was four inches thick that only the priest could enter, remember? Jesus, when Jesus died, remember, said the curtain, the curtain was torn in two. Just think of trying to tear something that thick braided in two. Now look what it says. He provided it. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts fully trusting Him. Let us go right into the presence of God. Now there's no other way. We can go right into the presence of God because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ what he did for us. We don't have to what? Go to confession, make penance, do anything else, but go right into the presence for what he did for us, not what we can do for him, amen? We have to understand that. And why do we have to? Because every time we sin and fail, if we don't understand God's character, it's going to drive us away from coming to him. Oh, God can't be happy with me. I didn't live right today. God is happy with you because you believe in His Son. Okay? Now, your sins don't hurt God. Your sins hurt you and other people. Every time you go do an act of disobedience against God's will, it hurts you and at least five people around you. That's how selfish and self-centered sin is. Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sin nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Galatians 5, remember? We have to make a choice to not serve sin anymore, but to serve God. Okay, now look what it says. Verse 22, Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him. Look what it says. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. So we no longer have to go to God and we no longer have to have a guilty conscience because of our failures. Conviction? Yes. Guilty conscience? No. Guilt is never a motivator to get us to Jesus. Conviction is the Holy Spirit in our hearts saying, look, you're going in the wrong direction. This is going to hurt you and drive you away from me. 
You have to understand that. Can I get an amen for that? And why make that clear here so we understand that? How many of us still feel guilty when we fail? There's no such thing as guilt anymore. It's been sprinkled with the blood of Jesus to make us clean. And look what it says after that. Our bodies have been washed with pure water. What does that mean? Pure water. Washing of the word of God. Exactly. Not getting dumped. Or getting sprinkled with water. It's the washing and the renewing of the mind with the word of God. That's what purifies us. God's word washes us. Amen? Now, look what it says in verse 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. The biggest thing we have to understand as Christians is to understand his character and his ways. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and get the progressive revelation of God in his character. Amen? Or you'll never fully trust him. Because you'll never fully know him. You're not going to trust somebody you don't know. And if you've been coming to this ministry for some time, you're getting to know him better and better so you can trust him more and more. Right? We're reading the daily walk again, right? And we're getting to know his character better and better and understand God's kind of love, not ours. Amen? Amen. Don't worry, we're going to 1 Corinthians 13. I didn't forget that, by the way. Who likes, who loves that? I love that chapter. 1 Corinthians 13. All right, now look what it says. Now we're not done here. To keep God can be trusted to keep his promise. Look at verse 24. Let us think of ways to condemn one another. No, it doesn't say that. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. What does that mean? God gives us a ministry and a body to what? Renew our minds and change the way we think and get us out of our selfishness. And let us think of ways to what? Motivate one another. That's why we do what we do here. We have the services. We do things on Monday. We do things Tuesday. We get together. To what? To renew our minds and to start doing good things with our lives. Amen? Now look what it says. Until acts of love and good works. Not the selfish, self-centered things. Verse 25. And let us not neglect our meeting together. That's how important it is to God that we gather as an assembly because there's strength in numbers. Amen? That Now it says, as some people do, you know it as well as I do, some people just don't think this is that important. And, and people are starting to use other ways to get this. But listen, there's nothing like physically gathering. Amen? Now, we know we offer that to people if you can't make it or this, if you can't get here or whatever, that's good. But if you can get here, get here. It's more important yes. to get here, yes. to support the, the work of the ministry. Amen? That doesn't replace it. Okay, now it says, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You can... You can take that one to the bank. Look, I don't know when he's coming back, but the signs are showing that things are happening in more of a sequential matter and sooner the birth pains are getting closer and closer. Amen? So I don't know when he's coming back, but I'll tell you what, I want to be ready when he does. How about you? 
Well, if you come here and you do things God's way, you'll be hanging your head up. You can't wait for him to return. Amen? Amen? So you don't have to hang your head in shame saying, oh, I didn't use the time wisely. I used the time to satisfy my sin nature instead, Lord. Please give me some more time. No, it's too late. He's coming back. He's coming back in the blink of an eye. We don't want to have any regrets. Jesus, he saved us for a reason. To serve him and build his kingdom. Amen? Not to serve ourselves and build our little kingdom. Amen? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. My favorite. If somebody was to pull this book out of your hands for the rest of your life, all the Bible says is love God and love your neighbors yourself. That's the essence of the whole book. That's the whole crux of the book. Amen? And what kind of love is he talking about? Way higher than human love, that's for sure. Right? Every, love, every time we tell somebody we love them, there's convictions attached to it. Right? Go tell somebody you love them right when they're doing something wrong to you or being disobedient. You don't even say anything. You don't tell them you love them. Can I get an amen for that? All right. God doesn't put conditions on his love. Look at 1 Corinthians 13. You ready, family? Four. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Amen. Wow. Imagine telling somebody you love them and actually be able to attach that to it. Keeps no record of being wrong. How many of us have resentment still and hold this to other people accountable and never forgive and keep score? That's the world. That's not God. That's not what Christians are to do. The world system keeps account, keeps record of being wrong, does not know how to forgive, is always resentful and bitter, even to his brothers and sisters in church. Amen? And that's, that's sin. To be bitter and resentful to your brothers and sisters in church is a sin against God's church. Amen? We're supposed to what? Accept one another. Love one another. Right? But love is also confronting. Because you love somebody, you tell them like it is because you love them so you don't see them go over the cliff. Amen? Amen. Human love is like, oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Look, God... Read the Old Testament. God's love is a little bit higher than feelings. He says, you're going into captivity. It's too late. You didn't learn your lesson. You didn't turn. You didn't turn in repentance back to me. So now I'm going to have to do something to get you back in line again. Remember? That's love. That's real love. And guess what? If you're living in a sinful state and your heart is not right, you're going to start getting bitter and resentful and indifference towards the things of God. Amen? So if your heart happens to be in that condition, now is the time to turn from it and repent and get back in line with God. Amen? Amen. All right. Beautiful. Now we're going to talk some more about God's attributes. Remember last week? We talked about all the great things He does for us and who His character is. And we're going to continue in that. But first I want to share something with you. The many attacks on God's character. The devil 
puts these things in our mind to attack God's character. Can I get an amen for that? Because we have voices. How many hear voices still? You know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, the, you know, like crazy voices, but we know. I'm going to explain what I'm talking about here. God's voice calms us and soothes us. Amen? Satan's voice obsesses us, puts obsession in our spirit. We get obsessed with things. That's Satan. See, everybody thinks that they're not hearing voices. No, being obsessed with something is a voice. God's voice comforts us, right? God's voice is what? His word. Through his word, he comforts us when we, so we can comfort others. Satan's voice fills us with worry. So you have to understand, like, oh, I don't understand. No, these are spirits, the spirit of worry. That's from the devil. See, people don't understand that. You can come to church and be worried about all kinds of things, right? That's not from God. That's from the devil. He didn't give us a spirit like that. He gave us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen? Now there's another voice. God uses, he calls it convicts. God's voice is very convicting to us when we're doing something out of his will. Can I get an amen for that? Conviction is good. I want people in this church to get convicted when they are doing something wrong. Can I get an amen? Conviction is a good, healthy thing for a Christian. It keeps us in line. Satan's voice condemns us. You think, God, you think you're saved the way you just acted, the way you just sinned. You think we get condemnation and guilt from Satan, right? Instead of the conviction. Saying, God, I'm not getting condemned. I'm getting convicted. Hello, whenever you get convicted, you know the Holy Spirit is working in you, telling you you're doing something wrong. How many of us still get convicted here? Thank you. We, we hope you all raise your hand. Because not, we're not all saints in this room. Conviction is good for you. Especially when you do something for yourself instead of for God. You get convicted after saying, oh, you know what? I should have I did that. I should have I went. Right? No, God's saying, it's okay. I love you. But you should, you should be convicted. Say, you told somebody you was going to do something, then you didn't come through. It convicts us. It's a healthy thing, so we don't keep doing it. All right? God's voice encourages us. That's why when we get together, right? Why is it important that when we get together, we don't condemn each other? We encourage each other. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're doing something sinful, we don't encourage you to keep doing it. And if, it, if it's made public, it's up to us to what? Let people know, look, that's wrong. That's wrong, and you're hurting the church by doing it. You represent the way ministries when you leave here. You're doing things that are hurting the church. Not just yourself. And that's what? That keeps people from coming into the kingdom. Can I get an amen for that? That's why it's important to represent him properly and live a life worthy of the call. When you're not here. We get equipped for that so we can live right when we're out there. He gives us his righteousness so we can live right. Amen? He does for us what we can never do for ourselves. He empowers us to live right. I get an amen for that. God's voice enlightens us. Or God's word enlightens us. It shows us his character, his ways, his creation. Satan's voice confuses us. 
We get confused about the word of God, remember? They get confused, that Satan confused even the God and saying, he really said that you can't eat, you can't it cause doubt. How many of us get confused out there? Look, that's not from God confusion. God is not the author of confusion. Everybody thinks Satan is some green thing that you start spitting pea soup up and he possesses you. No, Satan gets in and confuses us. How many of us get confused sometimes when you read God's word? Honestly, you get confused and you think there's some kind of contradiction in there. Because you're viewing it with the wrong spirit. You're viewing the Bible from a human point of view. And not from a child's point of view. That just accepts what it says at its value. Amen? So you get confused. Oh, I thought they said back in chapter 22 that they didn't do that. Why are they saying they do that now? That's the spirit of confusion. And that's the spirit of the devil. God does not confuse us with his word. His words are very simple, and the people that are simplistic with it can hear it gladly, and there is no confusion about it. God says it, and it's done. Okay. Are we getting this so far? God's voice leads us. Remember Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow it? Look, if you don't understand God's word, or His, you're not going to be able to hear his voice to lead you in life. Down the right path. Satan's voice pushes us into something before we think it through. It pushes us. It makes us do things without thinking them through and praying about them. Instead of saying, I'm going to wait, I'm going to pray, I'm going to wait to hear from God's voice, and until I do, I'm not acting. Satan pushes us saying, don't wait, just do it. Can I get an amen for that? We have to understand his ways. People think, oh, I got the spirit of God in me. No, that when you're pushed to you're forced to do something that's against God's will, Satan pushes us to keep doing it. God's voice reassures us: I will never leave you nor forsake you. Satan's voice frightens us, puts fear in our believer. Fear is a lack of faith. You look outside and say, Oh, this thing out there. I don't know. This bug. Oh, it's going to get me. I'm so scared. People won't come out of the house. Puts fear in them. Let me tell you something. God sends the bug. Read your Bible. He sends the plagues. He sends the pestilence. But he said, I will protect my people. If you trust me. And if you do get it, he'll make a way. And there's a reason why. There's people that are locked in. They won't even leave the house. Fear. One thing about this ministry, since this happened, we never closed the doors. Because we trusted God to get us through it. Amen? Thank you, Jesus, right? And we're still trusting him to get us through it. Amen? God's voice stills us and keeps us calm. See, listen, if you don't know the word of God, you can't go to the scriptures to calm you when you're in turmoil. Satan's voice rushes us. Always, hurry, I gotta... There's no peace. Everything that I'm talking about obsesses, worries, condemns, discourages, confuses, pushes, frightens, and rushes. There's no peace in any of that. Now, if you ask yourself, 
Do I have any peace in my life from reading God's word and going to Bible study in church? If I don't, that means I don't trust what I'm reading. I don't really believe it. Because if you really believed it, you'd be calm in any situation. And that's what we're teaching here. To stay calm through the storms. He didn't say I'm going to take the storms away. He says I'm going to give you the peace that passes all understanding. Amen? The devil tries to take that out with doubt. He makes us doubt everything about God. Because we don't feel it or we can't see it. Thank you, Jesus, right? Very subtle. And then you'll hear people say, you don't really believe the old Bible stuff, do you? Or that was written so long ago by so many different people. How could you really believe that? It's been changed all over the place. People say it all the time. Go talk to somebody who doesn't believe in God. They'll say the books have been changed and people are reading them. That's words written by men. The whole nine yards. Even Christians do it. I don't care which one of these you pick up. These are God's words in every one of them. Don't ever think that you can't pick up a translation that are not true to God. They all are. That's just the devil deceiving you thinking that I have to read one. Anyone. That's a deception from the devil. Get one you can understand because if you can't understand it, you're never going to apply it. Can I get an amen for that? You're not going to read something you can't understand. You're going to put it on the shelf and say, oh, yeah, this is it. I know I understand it. No. You need a, we use a translation we can understand. Why? So we can actually do it. Can I get an amen for that? Thank you, Jesus. Because you know what? The fruit is in what? What you understand. If you can't understand it, how are you going to do it? How are you going to apply it? If you don't understand how God works, how are you ever going to be able to apply it? Tell me. You can't. Times change. Languages change. Things change. We need to understand what we're reading. So we can apply it. Don't let anybody tell you that there's anything, there's only one to read. You read the one that you can understand. And the one we read here, you can understand. Can I get an amen for that? Thank you, Jesus. Don't let anybody tell you different. It's from the devil. Thank you. All right, let's go into some of God's attributes, okay? Okay, nothing in this world can compare with God's love for us, okay? And His power in our lives. Nothing can compare. Some days we may not feel it. Can I get an amen for that? Other days we might even think we've been left out on our own in difficult situations. But the Bible speaks of God's many attributes and verse after verse remind us of His commitment and promises to His people. The attributes of God are those characteristics that help us understand who God is. Amen? We have to get a clear understanding of who God is before we can actually carry out His will. And the only way you're going to do that is if you read the Bible from cover to cover and understand what it's saying to you. And that takes time. If you ask a Christian, I, yeah, I know God. Have you ever read through the whole Bible? No. Well, then you don't really know God. The only way you're going to get to know him is from Genesis to Revelation. He wants to speak to each and every one of us. Amen? And we provide that here. All right, how many are loving the daily walk still? Amen, right? I love it myself now. Listen to myself read. 
you know what? We're all we're all in the same family here. We should get on there. Look, and when I get on there, I think of everybody else's on there too. It's like we're all reading it together. Get on it. It's part of the ministry. We provide that for you. That, why, what does it do? It helps us grow in our understanding of God and His ways. Okay. Often our view of God might get distorted by current media opinion or even a hard relationship with our dad or authority figures. We start thinking God must be the same. We may view as some faraway presence in the sky just waiting to zap us for doing something wrong. Many people think God is an angry, is angry or distant. Others view him as a disinterested in their lives, too busy, or feel like they can never measure up. Amen? These are the lies of the devil. They're lies. Straight from the enemy and couldn't be further from the truth. What's true is found in his word. God's word is spirit and truth. Every word. Amen? And when life circumstances shake us to the core through struggles or hard times, there is nothing that can hold us secure except the one who created us. If you find yourself facing uncertain times right now, go to God. Run to him. He is never, ever far away. He waits for you even today. Just remember one thing about God. God doesn't chase you. He waits for you to come back to him. Remember the prodigal son? He says, I want everything. And he went out and made a mess of his life. God didn't go in the pig pen with him. God says, no, when you're ready, here I am waiting for you to come back. Don't ever think that people are going to run out into the pig pen with you. Never do that. You only enable them. Let God bring them back. Amen. You pray for them and let God bring them back. Amen. That's God's character. See, if you don't understand God's character, well, why is everybody not helping me? Listen, God says, no, I'm the one who's going to help them. You can't help them. Let me do it. And he's waiting with open arms for you to come back. But guess what? There's no guarantee that you will. Amen? So don't go blaming people for not chasing after you when you're doing something wrong. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. God is good. All right. All right, God is unchangeable, unshakable, and unstoppable. The first one, we're going to go through these. I'm not going to read the scriptures so we can get to the other ones. God is loving, remember? He loves us unconditionally. 1 Corinthians 13. Second principle was God is faithful, kind, and righteous. Two. Three, God is powerful and mighty. Amen? Fourth one, God is sovereign and just. Fifth principle, God is compassionate, merciful, and gracious. See, so, so if you don't understand his attributes, you're not going to go to him when you run into troubles. How do I know these? Because these are in his word, but they're not only in the New Testament. Hello, I'm getting them out of Psalms, Chronicles, Genesis, his attributes. Whatever you do, read your Bible. There's no reason why any Christian who believes in a sovereign God does not read their Bible every day from cover to cover. Can anybody give me a good reason why they can't or they don't have time for God? 
Oh, well, I already know God, so why do I got to read it again? That is the height of arrogance. But somebody said, I read it. I don't, I understand. Anybody that comes to church with a closed mind, the devil's already got you. The devil. I've arrived. How many of us think they know God? I don't even know. I'm still learning about his character. Every day as I grow, he's revealing himself to me more and more so I can help you understand it. Amen? And I ain't going to get it from any world system. I'm getting it from him himself as he takes me through life on this journey as I go on this journey with you through life. Remember, God raises his people through life. Read the Old Testament, the prophets. He was sent them through life. Amen? Before David became a king, what was he? Was he a theologian? No, he wasn't, was he? Where did he go? Did he go to school? No, he was tending sheep. Then God called him. As a matter of fact, all the ones that did go to school, his brothers were all smart and everything. He says, no, that's not, those aren't the ones. Those don't have my heart. They got the heart of the world. See him? They, he's got the heart of God. He's the one. Amen? Not tainted by any world system. Amen? Guess what? We're not tainted by any world system here either. We've got the word system in this church. That's what teaches us. The word teaches us. The word we can understand. Amen? Awesome. All right. The, six, the, all right. the next one. All right. We're going to start with this one. Six. God is good. Everybody hears that all the time, right? God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. He is. You know when you hear, oh, they're good people. Anything good comes from God. There is no good in people. Everything that a person does has a motive behind it. Okay? There's people out there that do all kinds of good things. They don't recognize Jesus Christ, though. They don't recognize it was God that gave them the ability to do it. Anything good, whether they recognize it or not, comes from God. And everything that they do is wrong comes from the evil one. Simply doesn't take our choices away. Don't you wish he did sometimes? How many of us still make bad choices in this church? And then you have regrets after. God says, that's okay. But learn from your mistakes. I gave you the whole Old Testament to see what happens when you go down the roads that you shouldn't. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. And actually, we have each other that's been down some hard roads that can tell people where they end if you want to just... That's why we have each other. Amen? If you think you're unique, you're wrong. You go down the road that leads to destruction, you will be destroyed. Well, that's not going to happen to me. The Bible says we all got the same heart. Wicked and deceitful. We even deceive ourselves thinking something bad is good. Can I get an amen for that? Alright, Psalms 34. <laughs> we getting through a little bit tonight? God is good, ain't he? All the time. 
<laughs> That's not some slang term, by the way. That's real. He is good. Guess what? He's good. We're bad. That's why we need a Savior. Remember Paul? Back he says, I know nothing good lives in me, in my sin nature. So, before you found God, okay, the nature you had before you found Him, there's nothing good in there. So don't think you can bring it over into the new one. He says, there's nothing good there. You have to leave it behind and let me give you a new life. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. Like newborn babies. Look at verse 8 of Psalm 34. God is good. Verse, that's the sixth attribute. Psalms 34 verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. All the joys of those who take refuge in Him. All the joys of those that put their trust in Him. Can I get an amen for that? The word reminds us that in this world we will have trouble. It's not always good and many days can feel real bad. Can I get an amen for that? But the character of God rises above the struggles we face here. He is good. His ways are good. Though we sometimes wonder where the goodness is in the heat of difficult places, he promises that he is able to work all things for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Does anybody know what that scripture is? Romans 8.28 He gives us hope in a future. We do not need to fear the hard times. For God is powerful. For God's powerful work within our lives is for ultimate good. Amen? Listen, when you go through hard times, you don't come to church, oh, I'm having a hard No, let me tell you, you come to church and say, you know what, I'm having a hard time, I'm coming to church so I can have, so I, God is going to work that all out for good for me. Something good is going to come from that hard time. You don't bring others into the pit. You say, no, you know what, God's going to get me out of it. That's why I come to church. I'm going to look at it from a different perspective. His hard, his hard times are going to, he's going to work it all out for good. Amen? How many of us are going through some hard times right now? Well, God says you're a blessed person. The God didn't lie. Because you're going through a hard time, does that mean you're not blessed or God doesn't love you? Read Romans chapter 8. See, if you know, if you read Romans 8 through the whole chapter, you'll understand that no death, no life, no powers of hell, nothing can ever take us away from the love of God. That is revealed in Christ Jesus. That's why you have to know his character. And you have to be able to read the Bible and understand what it's saying. So when the hard times come, you can get through them. And don't come into church. <sighs> no, really. A mature Christian knows how to handle hard times. Because it's part of the journey. And you understand God's character. That he's going to work it all out for good. That's a mature Christian. How a mature Christian comes to church. Not all falling apart. As a matter of fact, I like that saying, the Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who's not. You come to church all frazzled and falling apart and say you understand the Bible? You're saying, you're saying something, you're, you're just contradicting yourself. That's what? It's called the closed mind. 
We need open minds in church. Being able to learn something new. There's always something new to learn in the Bible, amen? God's powerful work for ultimate good. Psalms 136.1. Let's be honest. How many of us still complain? Huh? How many of us still complain? Think about us. Christians. Know the Bible in and out. Why I complain about everything? Why do I gotta go through? Why is this? Why is this happening to me? Why don't those people love me? Why this? And why is all this happening to me? You're telling me you know the Bible. Exactly. No, you don't know the Bible. That's okay, but don't say that you do. Because if you knew the Bible, you wouldn't be complaining. It says do everything without arguing and complaining. This version tells us that plainly. Do everything without arguing and complaining. Live pure, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of wicked and perverse people. That's not that hard to understand, is it? How did I memorize that? Well, because I read it all the time. I go out there, yeah, it's definitely crooked and perverse. And unfortunately, that crooked and perverseness is wormed its way into the churches. So you can't tell the difference. So people come to church, go out there and do whatever they want to do, and they don't really live for God. They live for themselves. Because the church is accepting it, saying it's okay. No, the Bible says you have to die to yourself and grow up and become mature and bring others into the kingdom and stop your whining. Oh, I don't like that preacher. Well, you know, you don't like God. Because the preaching that comes from here is from God. And God said to, you know, John, you just go do it. Don't worry about what they think of you. If they think of you, they got a problem with me, not you. I'm saying, oh, good. <laughs> hey, look what they did to the... Pro Listen, God's people, the prophets came to tell them about God. They said, kill them. We don't want to hear the truth about God. We want to live sinful and wicked. Let me go find a church that lives that way so I can be happy when I go to church. And guess what? You came to the wrong one. We're never going to be happy in sin in this church. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. If anything, if you're going to continue when you end up leaving, and that's how you know. All right. Look at verse, um, Psalms 136, verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. I think Psalm 136 says it, I don't know how many times. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Now, the question is, can you give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, when all hell's breaking loose, or you're mad, or angry about something? It's so easy to say when you're in church, oh yeah, God is good. Yeah. But when all hell's breaking loose in your life and you don't understand God's ways, you ain't glorifying Him at all. As a matter of fact, you're cursing Him and complaining about my life. And look, you're complaining about God when He gave you the choices that you end up where you are. Whoever you are today in your life, you made the choice to get there. Don't blame it on God. Wherever you are today, you landed there because of your choices, not God's. God gives you a free will choice. So wherever you are, don't complain to God about it. Say, God, I just didn't listen to you. I did it my way. 
me and Frank Sinatra. <laughs> well, if you want to do things your way and come to church, you are going to definitely be deformed as a Christian. All right, the seventh one. We're already out of time. Oh my gosh. I know. God is holy. First Samuel chapter two. Let's go there. We're just going to get through this one and we'll close. Don't worry, there's more time. There's always next time, right? Can we ever stop learning about God? Look at First Samuel chapter two, verse two. There's actually a song that they made a song out of this verse. First Samuel 2, verse 2. That's it. Flip them pages. Wow. They get an attribute from the Old Testament. Well, maybe if I just start reading John, I'll understand all of them. People say, oh, stop reading John. It's a love chapter. No. You pick up a book at the bookstore, you don't start in the middle. No, Christians will tell you, oh, read this one, it's an easy one. No, listen, God's the one who talks to you, not the person. Look, just read the book from Genesis. Don't listen to anybody. Start in Genesis and God will speak to you. Don't listen to foolish Christians that think you can only read, oh, only read Psalms, or start in John, start in Romans. Well, this is start here. No, start in Genesis. And let God speak to you. Stop getting in the way of God, Christians. That's not God. God doesn't say start in John. Did you ever hear? I don't know if it's in here. Open the cup. Oh, don't skip to John. No, that's human teaching. See, this is what people do. Instead of letting God teach them. You find salvation when in his word. Not by saying some prayer. Can I get an amen for that? All right. Look what it says in First Samuel 2.2. 2. Verse 2. No one is holy like the Lord. No one. See it? No one. Not even somebody that's been coming to church for a lot of time, long time. Never. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. What do you mean rock? rock is unshakable, unmovable? That's a song, right? You ever hear that song? There is no, no God like our God. There is no one beside you. In a dark world, God's holiness and light shine brightly. He reminds us to live out his ways, to seek to be holy as he is holy. 1 Peter, last one, right? 1 Peter 1. I don't have to live holy. I'm saved by God's grace. And I'm going to heaven. I could keep living as unholy as I want. I'm saying, wow, what translation are you reading? It says, be holy because I'm holy. Jesus said, I died so you can become holy. Separated. A peculiar people, he said. All right, look at verse 14 of 1 Peter chapter 1. This is, this is, so, take, I want you to take this scripture with you tonight, okay? When you leave here. 
First Peter 1 14. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Let me read, let me just say this one one more time. Make sure you understand what it's saying. You must live as God's obedient children. It tells us not to slip back into our old ways of living. How many of us have slipped back into our old ways of living? It says to satisfy your own desires. And it says you didn't know any better then. Guess what? God's not going to say, oh, you poor thing, you didn't know any better. Now you do. So now you're even more accountable to slip back into your old ways of living. You're going to be come out twice the children of hell as you started if you do that. So it's like, I have a healthy fear, God. I'm not going back into that old way again. Look what it says. You didn't know any better then. You Listen, you have been enlightened. Now you know better. So you can't say, I didn't know any better. But now, now that I do know better, you must be holy in everything you do. And that's the sanctification process we teach in this church. Now i got to start doing things his way and stop doing things mine. I have to learn his ways so I can do his ways. Is that hard to understand? No, but you won't get that in church. You won't get taught that in church. People start leaving. Now look what it says. Just as God who chose, listen, he chose you to be holy. Why did he choose you to be holy? Because he knew you could do it. That's why he chose you. For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. And guess who he's quoting? Let me little, give you a little light on what he's quoting. Leviticus 11, 44 and 45, Leviticus 19, verse 2, and Leviticus 20, verse 7. Wow, you mean that's not relevant anymore? Yeah, well, it's in the New Testament. Peter quoted it. So don't tell me it's not relevant. It is. Leviticus is very relevant for us today. All right, we're going to have to stop there. <laughs> I got more. Like I said, I don't want you to fall out the window, though. <laughs> That was awesome, right? So take that with you. First Peter 1, verse 14 to 16. When you leave here, don't go back to your old ways. Stay in the way that he just taught you. Thank you, Jesus. All right. The girls are going to come up and sing. And we're going to close.
Great Tell Lot. Good song. Hi, Cindy. Want to come and close this in for you? Yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I ask you, Father, to help us, Father, to have peace in these trying times, knowing that you are in control. And yes, Lord. And Father, I ask you to keep rooted in the Word. Yes, Lord. Not only hears of the words of the Lord, being humble and kind, even though we don't get the same treatment back all the time. And Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for being with us always and never leaving us. And give everyone safe travels home tonight and ask all of this to Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Until we meet again, God bless. Peace.